had a premonition. And so I set up this ridiculous setup. I would love to share screen. Uh, so whatever amount of work you just do you know through, that it's I'm very really do, do you know it's really hard to get Discord to let you have two separate accounts? It doesn't like it, man. Oh, really? No. Do you think it's just like, oh, create another account and log in? No big deal. No, man. Discord doesn't want you doing that. I had to like find another email address, get it to verify that. Then like delete my Discord account off of this install, log in here, invite myself. Like it not easy. That's crazy. This Discord, fix your stuff. You know, it's not easy setting this stuff up. I, I, uh, I applaud you and your new setup there, sir, because just trying to get it so that like I can record my screen while we do the podcast is annoying so that I don't show off a whole bunch of stuff and get good footage and get good sound and all that sort of stuff. It takes like pre time. So you just, yeah, you know, anyway, uh, hello, welcome to episode two ninety three the lead in production moment there and possibly beforehand. I don't know what it was recording. I just, I just hit it, you know? Uh, hi JJ. Hello, Andrew. How's it going? It's good. Uh, I am off the stress, the now stressful three ninety five highway, not freeway highway. I think it's a freeway. Is I it? mean, it's only, it's a two lane freeway, but you yeah, know. I guess maybe it's it a highway. Anyway, whatever. Did you know, so uh, for those Californians in the know, the 395 used to be uh, one of the very typical two lanes, right? Like you could pass, you could do all sorts of stuff. JJ? There are some parts of it that have two lanes on each side now. Yeah. And because they did that, they have now changed many portions of it to no passing at all. Mm. Well, you just mean no passing except in the uh, two lanes that you are provided. Right. Uh, but many of the lanes are not two lane. Uh, it's just single lane on each side. Right. And, uh, and they put up a bunch of cones in the middle now. So you can't, you literally can't. Oh, wow. Cones, huh? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they really don't want people passing for like a good seven mile stretch in the middle of it. I mean, and you're going like 400 miles. How is seven miles a big problem? Well, when you're stuck behind a truck going 35 for seven miles, it's, it's rough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But you know, that's in the mountains, you you in the mountains, you kind of get what you get, man. <laughs> like you know, you're not gonna, especially like through the parts of 395 that are probably still one lane, are either in the middle of nowhere, in which yeah, case it will eventually be two lanes. Yeah, or it is deep in the mountains where there's kind of only space on that cliff for two lanes. <laughs> you know, good perspective. I was stressed about. it. I was like, kind of freaking out. I was going to complain, but good perspective. You know, seven miles out of 250 wasn't that much. I've done that drive many times, albeit mostly as a passenger. Um, it is a long drive through yeah. nothing. Yeah. All right. I've got a bone to pick with you. Me? Yes. As you'll notice, Michael's not here, which means you guys can't gang up on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I'm worried what this means. Uh, I'm, I'm firing back on my Disney complaints. Uh, where wherein you said this this might be more fair this new system. 
uh, mm-hmm. of we, we were talking last week just to reiterate to people maybe that it's not reiterating if they weren't here to edify people that weren't here uh, about my experience at the Disney recently and the new uh, fast to be clear he means Disneyland in Southern California correct not yes. Florida yes and their new system called Genie Plus which is like a improved I guess fast pass system basically pay to get to the front of the line system uh JJ, your argument last week, if I distill it correctly, is this is more egalitarian because people can not have to be in the know about what to do. They just pay and the the system tells them what to do. Am I incorrect in that? It is more egalitarian than the multiple different levels of fast pass access that existed before. Okay. Whereas like, you know, if you stayed at a hotel, you got different levels of fast pass access to like normal people mm-hmm. versus if you just went and got the ticket, it was one thing versus and all that stuff was different every time. Yeah. So. So I, well, uh, I aired my grievances at a uh, event for children uh, to mm-hmm. parents, not to children, to be clear. Uh, <laughs> kids I, kids yeah, don't the, care. The kids don't care. Uh, and as a as a warning, right? And one of the parents there uh, followed up with me a week later and said, you know, thanks to your warning, I just paid the extra 20 bucks for everybody and we got that Genie Plus. They did every single ride in under three hours. Yeah. That, to me... Seems like a great system then. I don't see the problem. Means they need to rework that system a bit. Because... How should that be possible unless literally they are damaging every line to just let these people on and not care about anything else? So you have to remember two things. Um, Number one, Disneyland is operating at like way reduced capacities right now still, right? It doesn't feel like that, I'll tell you, from being there in person. Uh, okay. that I'm still, I'm still pretty sure they're not at 100% capacity, but I could be wrong about I that. I believe you and I believe that, however... Because they're operating at reduced capacity is because they're operating at reduced staff. And it feels... Totally. Yeah. Honestly, though, it feels in many places as crowded as as it has ever been. So the lines, while long, as they always are, did you see any that seemed egregiously high in terms of, like, actual weights? Or were any reported? Right. That's the, so the thing about all this stuff is like you can't evaluate it on like a anecdotal level. You need like the whole system of data to evaluate if a system is working or not, right? Mm-hmm. So like you would need to know, oh, okay, well, we increased the weight by 30 minutes on Space Mountain and the Star Wars rides, which are like the two, three most popular rides in the park. Weights actually went down on these other rides, Right. And so you have to like look at that to see if the system is worth it. It's like, oh, actually, well, you know, resistance is 30 minutes longer and Space Mountain is 30 minutes longer. Yeah. Thunder Mountain and like 10 other ones are shorter somehow. My 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 perspective on it is not from a park operator's throughput point of view. I'm literally talking about the mom and pop people who paid to come to Disneyland. Right. Mm-hmm. And and eventually they get to the point that they get told, well, it's another twenty dollars if you want to do this, this, this and the other thing. Oh, and by the way, if you want to do Rise of the Resistance, uh, it's another twenty on top of the Genie Plus thing because that one's separate in a separate system. It's twenty dollars to skip skip that line, and I mean literally. So when the line is two hours, you get on in ten minutes. 
$20, please. That's to me, while it may be more of a factor of egalitarianism because anyone could pay that $20 and it's available to anyone, does mm-hmm. not speak to me of the Disney of old where oh, it's certain, that, that type I, of I behavior be clear. would not have been modeled. I want to be clear that that was never one of my arguments. <laughs> it, it, I didn't say that it feels good or that it helps you or that it makes you happy, right? Sure. I said that it's more fair. And oftentimes, fairness does not feel good. And mm, Well, at a certain point, the amount of people that can get in there will cap, right? There's just – they can't of course. sell that many tickets. And, and so and then it becomes will, another game – of you need to know which ones to sign up for first. Of course. Just like it was before, right? Right. But this this is now, then it becomes no different. Uh, yes. I didn't say that it was like, again, not better for Disney, the company. Oh, it's definitely better. It is, it is like inarguably, right? That's why they did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the... The arguments all come from a throughput and like allowing more people to enjoy rides perspective. Yeah. And if that's not a perspective that you care about, that's fine. Yeah. Totally fair and reasonable to say that I care about me and what I get to do at the time. And it feels bad. And I fully agree having to pay $20 to go on rides is like more than the already lots of money you're spending to go to Disneyland in the first place feels bad. And then having to pay $20 to ride this one specific ride feels double extra scummy. It just Full it, agreement. Yeah. I think one, arg- one argument that I've heard from people older than myself and that I actually understand. I'm, trying not, I'm not trying to play the middle of the road here. I'm just trying to air everybody's arguments, right? And one of the arguments that I've heard and understand is people telling me um, – it's like bringing back e-tickets in a way. Totally. That is actually something I have also heard. I think it's an – it's – I don't want to call it analogous because it's not. Analogous would mean equivalent, and I don't think it's equivalent. In my opinion, an e-ticket didn't come with only e You couldn't buy a book of only e-tickets, right? You had to buy the book of everything else, and that – True, uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you uh, if you're too young to know what I'm talking about, um go look up Disneyland e-ticket uh and you'll see a picture of the book and you'll see how it all kind of used to work with every ride used to cost a ticket system kind of like a carnival and um that was and, the way they and, managed lines before. It, and I want to say that that system was bad and it didn't do a good job because people did exactly what you're about to say, they would just buy the ticket book throw away all the tickets and keep the ease. Yep. And because all they wanted to do was ride the Matterhorn or Space Mountain or whatever. Right. And that, or I don't know if Space Mountain was even there. You get my point. But like those were the rides that people wanted to go on. Yeah. And And the system didn't do a good job of getting people onto the other rides and created horrible lines on the Mm E-rides. And so, you know, then theory and all this stuff comes in and like the, the fast pass idea was an attempt to mitigate the crazy length of lines that existed. And you and I are old enough to remember before the fast pass, right? Yeah. Like you would go to Disneyland and be like, okay, we're going to go on like two good rides and then kind of whatever else we can fit in. 
Sure. Because you're going to be in line at the Matterhorn or Space Mountain for two and a half hours or three hours or five hours or whatever, depending on what day, right? <laughs> well, so- And then well, all, like, yeah. all, on top of all of this, Disneyland in general and all the Disney parks, I think this is true, have been increasing attendance since when they instituted all of these plans. And never stopping. Right? And never stopping. That's the other problem. Like, oh, well, like- you're saying, you know, you're saying now, oh, attendance is so crazy. Like, it seems like it's, you know, not even full staff and it seems just as busy as ever. Right. Yeah. Because Disney is just letting more people in than well, they, they did to. in the past. They also. have to because the ticket price, they want to keep the ticket price in a certain range and that requires ex- increased ticket cost. And Andrew, one- Disney makes billions of dollars. They don't have to. No. <laughs> JJ, but they, they JJ, are what, and will. What is my what is turning into my number one refrain in this podcast? Corporations uh, are not your friend. Exactly. So they don't have to do that, right? But they no, want they to make more them. money, and so they they're do. not your friend. They have to get no, your money. Not. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it's 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 one step short, I think. And and I had this revelation actually this weekend, and this is this is why. They're one step short of just charging a hundred dollars more. Because oh, they're, they're going to tr- get there. They're trying to opt you into buying a hundred dollars more worth of a ticket, mm-hmm. right? There's yep. like, hey, what we really want to give you as an experience is this experience, but we can't afford to give it to you, so you have to pay extra for it. And if someone had told me in advance, tip, here is, oh, go ahead, I'll finish uh, the story. Just gonna say, if someone had told me in advance, this is the experience you will get. By by increasing your ticket cost 10%, right? $20 is 10% of a mm-hmm. ticket cost, roughly. I mean, maybe maybe 20%. I don't... Yeah. I, I'm, Tickets I'm are more a, than $100 even these days, but they're whatever. definitely more than $100. Um, here's your experience. Here's what you get. Add the $20. That's fine. I was not informed of, of this uh, perspective of what you would get. And that's that's on me and not researching and all that sort of thing. But what they really are arguing for, I think by, by this experience is telling people like, this is what we want to head towards. Like they literally look like they're headed towards management of each ticket into an experience instead of this like wild West. Here's the park. No e-ticket booklet to tell you what to do. Just go on Indiana Jones the minute you get there and then hit risers, you know, like, this oh, kind that, of that is what they want because yeah. they can then manage the lines by saying, you know, your genie app is telling you, hey man, the line on Indiana Jones is like four hours, my man. Yeah. What if you went and did Splash Mountain right now? There's a two minute wait. Well, so I had the realization that this is what they're headed for. When I was skiing, or not skiing, I snowboard, but I was at the mountain this weekend, right? And I bought a ticket, and mm-hmm. I went down this one chair the runs around this one chair too many times and the ticket eventually was like, nah, you got to go to a different lift. Oh, wow. I haven't been in a few years. That's interesting. The ticket just like wouldn't let you through the gate. Like I've been down this, this run too many times to get to this chairlift too many times. I'm overcrowding this. You need to go to a different lift. So I had to go back over to a different chair. As soon as I get to that chair, it works just fine for the rest of the, you know, and then you could probably have done that once and then gone back to the other one and it would have exactly. been fine with it too. And so how I had that realization I was like, this is exactly what Disney wants. They want to be able to scan everyone hitting a ride and just be like, all right, this person just waited two hours at X, X ride. Now when they go to this ride, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's okay. like a, 
That's a hundred percent the goal, Andrew. And yeah. you just said, you know, how they're they're trying to opt you into more money. As the lines get worse and the like even the genie lines start filling up or whatever, gonna be more of those twenty dollars skip the line rides. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, so, uh, eventually it'll be, you know, hey, you want to skip the Indiana Jones line? Yeah. Twenty bucks, man. Yeah. So, right. you know, it, it's a it is a it, the system is more fair in that it lets you pay your way out of it. Now, is that good? No. <laughs> but it is equal yeah. in that the same system applies to everyone. Right. Whereas before, right, people that stayed at hotels had a different level of a system than me, the person just showing up on the day of, right? Yeah. And that is unequal by design. This is equal by design, but worse. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, I, I fully understand where you're coming from. And I'm not here to say I'm defending Disney's move. No, um, I know. I just I, I and think the thing that's that actually is... crazy, it, you should go um I I called out this video um in defunct from Defunct Land's YouTube channel about the history of fast passes. Mm-hmm. You think it's bad here. The system in Disney World was insane. <laughs> just uh, like fast passes were booked 60 days in advance for every ride. That's amazing. Like just like yeah. you get there the day of, there just aren't fast passes for anything in the park. Yeah. And it's just a crazy system. And so they re- they are replacing all of that with this, which is better <laughs> because it doesn't involve booking 60 days in advance and having all this insane stuff. So anyway, it's a it's a weird subject for sure. Well, I did some skiing. I, I snowboard, but skiing is what people call it. Uh, JJ, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting old. My body was yep. not happy after, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really fun. And uh, I was managed to get in front of the TV one night. Uh, did I tell you about the movie? I have now watched it twice because I love it so much. Uh, it was my late night fireplace uh, co- uh, chocolate, hot chocolate movie. Uh, the Battered Bastards of Baseball. Did I tell you about this movie? No, I've never even heard of this. Do you know who Kurt Russell is? The actor? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you know his dad owned a baseball team? Was it like the Mariners or something? <laughs> um it it's funny that you should mention that because um it did I believe it was in Seattle now that my brain uh is I'm on I'm like uh no, it was in Portland. Portland's my bra- I had okay. to think back through that one. So there was uh, some like kind of minor league. Or, yeah, it's the Portland non- Mavericks is the baseball team. Uh, he managed the only independent baseball team in the country in the hmm. 1970s. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, he was he was an actor too, Bing Russell. But he and Kurt loved baseball. And like Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell was at the level of being a professional baseball player before he decided to go be an actor. Huh. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, so it's a cool little story. So I'm just shouting it out. It was a cool little story about uh, how Kurt Russell's dad took on the entirety of the MLB and how uh, Major League and how Baseball they Major League eventually Baseball, crushed him. Yep, exactly. How Major League Baseball used their monopoly to put him out of business, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, see recent developments of what was the wrestling football league and then the uh-huh. other fake football league that tried uh-huh. to start up a while ago uh see the same story with those and the nfl 
I would put this as a much more heartwarming story about a bunch of people. There's no movie being made about those ones because the story's probably bad. (laughs) If you just look at a poster, like go to uh, just type in uh, Battered Bastards of Baseball on, uh, you know, whatever search engine you want to use and go to an image search and look at the uh, cleanliness of these people and how they don't fit the MLB mold, let's say. Some very very (laughs) 1970s going on in some of these pictures. Yeah. There's, it's some pretty good stories in there about what happened to a lot of these guys after they stopped playing baseball, how they beat basically most minor league teams, that kind of thing. Hmm. Very good story. Um, streaming videos. We got to talk about some stuff here, bud. Okay. Because uh, I think you and I had a very similar experience recently. They released that movie, The Matrix 4. Uh, Matrix Resurrections, yes. Mm-hmm. And my immediate reaction to that was, I should really re- rewatch those Matrix movies. Did you have the same reaction? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I knew it, the difference being, I started watching them before the Matrix Four came out because I knew it was coming out and was anticipating it. You knew. But yes, I did rewatch all three of the previous Matrix movies before watching the fourth one. I have to say, I'm glad. Uh, so far that I did. I have not watched Matrix 4, so people don't don't tune out. There's no spoilers for Matrix no, uh, Resurrections here. For people listening to this podcast, I believe on the day it comes out, there are only a few days left if you want to stream it on HBO Max. I think it goes away on the 22nd of this January. Is, this is this will be out on Wednesday the 19th, so you have so at you least have... two days to stream it. If you have not uh, gotten an HBO account. I can't tell you whether or not it's worth getting an HBO account to watch Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't 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 do that. But, but there are other good movies on there and good shows to watch. I so can maybe say you that all those uh, more monst- than just Matrix. Yeah. Uh huh. The three Matrix movies are on there, and those MonsterVerse movies that I suggested you watch. That Gareth Edwards one. That's true. You did. T- you did suggest that. Just that one. Don't watch the others if you're not into kaiju. But that first one's a good movie. Movie. Uh, Matrix one through three. Mm-hmm. I thought I mean, that let, I was gonna. Okay, I was I, gonna say let's start with the Matrix, the first movie, because that movie is maybe a perfect action movie, all time classic, almost perfect. Should go on the up level there. of stuff like Terminator two and like other. Like, I don't know, but per- that all time movies. It might be. It might be better than the Terminator movie. Oh. I like it better than Terminator 2, but yeah, I'm supposed to be saying Terminator 2, not Terminator 1. Um, but maybe not everyone shares that opinion. I do, though. I if if I'm I'm with you, it's like maybe one of my favorite movies ever. I forgot. I forgot that it isn't just one of my favorite movies ever, but it is a movie that I would defend as one of the greatest movies ever. It's like that one and Fury Road, <sighs> like are like my top Whew. evers. Whew. You're bringing out the big guns, it, dude. It's so good and so when we inevitably any discussion goes on they made more matrix movies right people are like ah they're so bad compared to the first one well yeah it's like comparing yourself to literally the peak of the craft you can't always achieve that right the problem is a little bit that the the lessons in the first one were not the lessons in the second and third one yeah totally Right, like the lessons in filmmaking that I see learned in the first one 
is not uh, and the cg does not help this the lessons that uh you learn in the later ones right like yeah and actually like the cg in the first one kind of holds up because there was Some hardly of any of it yeah yeah it was not a lot right and then you get to the third the second and third ones and they're the like second one's egregiously oh man bad the second one is very bad yeah. the third one is less but it's still bad and you're like you know man just because you can yeah you don't have to Right. I think I think the the second and third one suffer, and I, we're starting with the bad here uh, because you started with the first one. The the third one suffers yeah. from. The third so one's I, the one with the twins, right? Or is that the second uh, one? No, that's the second one. Okay, so the second one suffers more. The than big The big freeway car chase. Yeah, that's yeah. the second one. The th- yeah. the car chase on the freeway is specifically what I was going to call out about the lessons mm-hmm. not learned. There's nothing really interesting about the freeway car chase. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, very long. it's, but like what happens in it that you can think of that's interesting? Uh, like they, the cool matrix guys take over people driving their cars. Yeah. We've seen so, them do that stuff. So before, now I'm going to say in the matrix, particularly interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay. In the matrix one, uh, what's your favorite subset of cartwheels in the hallway scene? You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, everyone says like the, what is it? The bank vault. Yeah. door yeah, break-in exactly. scene because that scene is amazing but like but, yeah you know but it's, it's short but there are like it's four shorter than you think i know because they do the cool stuff and then they get out of the scene which is you know the, maybe why the yeah. the second one especially suffers compared to the first one the first one matrix one if it didn't have any sequels was the other thing right if totally. it didn't have any sequels it's still perfect totally um, it didn't need the other movies to end anything and i think the important thing to remember about two and three is kind of really they should have just put them out as one movie like one oh, yeah. really long movie like yeah. and and in fact maybe it was shot that way i don't know but certainly there are parts towards the end of the second movie that are directly called back to in the beginning and middle of the third movie and they don't explain any of it but if you were watching the second movie, like when they go meet the Merovingian, I'm just diving right in here. Mm-hmm. You see the man, his wife, and the little girl getting carried away by the Merovingian. Yep. Right as they walk up. Never talk to them again until the beginning of the third movie when Neo shows up in the train station and those three are there. Mm-hmm. Had that been one movie, that happens, you know, midway or most of the way through the second movie. Mm-hmm. And if you had just been watching it directly, right, and you start the third movie, you would have just recognized, weren't those those people that I saw earlier in this, you know? But, like, instead you had a two-year wait between those movies or whatever. Yeah. And so you have no idea what the hell heck's going on. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like you – now that I've watched it again, I have an answer for this, but I want to know your answer. Do mm-hmm. you feel like you satisfactorily explained everything that was uh, asked of Neo in that in those films? Who's the one? What's his purpose? Gosh, it's so hard to answer that because I know so much more. Okay. Uh, Than the films. You have to assume that no one's seen four answering this question. So I'm ignoring, I'm trying to ignore four as much as I can in answering these questions because that would be unfair. But I don't think really anything that happens in four really changes the answer to this. Sure. But the issue is there is like more information about these outside of the movies right like Mm -hmm. they've 
given lots of talks. There have been discussions. There have been video games, which are canon. Yeah, and the Animatrix, right? And the Animatrix as well, yeah. So I I think the thing that I'm... uh, So I think you get an answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And it is a perfectly reasonable and understandable answer if you are listening carefully when the architect talks. And if you're not, you don't. <laughs> kind of, right? Right. Like, yeah, I mean, he, you know, it, so in the middle of the second movie, right, you get that scene with Neo and the colonel from KFC, basically. And, you know, he doesn't talk like the colonel. but you, And that guy literally explains everything that the Matrix is about in, like, really hurried and, like, philosophical language. But that's the that's the explanation. Yeah. And but it they is try to muddy it up with the Oracle, especially at the end of three, talking to the architect and saying, you know, these are different ideas so, or something. You know, I think the uh, the thing that isn't well explained is like what the Oracle's role was the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to sort of tell you that, like, she was just another system of controlling the one so that the one would eventually end up meeting the architect and they would have the thing there. And, you know, Neo would go back into the Matrix and they'd restart over, right? Like, that's kind of the They tell you that the in the thing. second movie, for sure. Right. But then why does she agree to help them kind of go rogue off that path? That's the, one I, the part I don't really understand. Um, well, you have the, the Agent Smith thing, and then you have to decide whether the Agent Smith thing is part of the Matrix or not. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the... I think they want you to believe that it's something that hasn't happened before and is therefore something the system doesn't know what to do about. Right. Um, but, you know, hard to, hard to know. <laughs> uh, since they don't really sufficiently answer a lot of those questions, which is, again, you don't want every answer to every question in every movie, right? That's, <laughs> That's not why, fun. This is literally why I asked that of you is because I was going to say, without having seen four, I kind of, in the middle of three had wished they weren't continuing to try to tell you exactly what was happening. Yeah. While watching it and saying, huh, you know, if, if all the characters just started acting like things were off the rails, maybe we'd get what we needed out of this instead of the Oracle and the architect and everybody else explaining exactly how it's all going to work out and how, you know what I mean? Like, um, how'd you get to the train station? What's the train station? What that train station part alone is kind of yeah, the whole like the Merovingian and his own little like side deals and all that stuff is yeah. like very poorly explained and not really well integrated into the rest of the plot. Well, I agree. because you have the Oracle and and the architect telling you that it's all part of the program. So then the Merovingian's part of the program or not part of the pro. It gets it's like if you here, try to answer the, too many questions, it gets somewhat confusing. I think the important thing to remember is that the Matrix is a like construct world place yeah. inhabited by a bunch of AIs. Oh yeah, and maybe not all of them are playing the same game or are on the same page. Oh, very clearly, uh, right? And so, like yeah. the Merovingian, kind of doing his own thing. I'm, the Oracle and the Architect, maybe kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm right? I'm, I'm uh, exaggerating for effect here. I don't think it's as uh, <laughs> hot take, right? Hot take time. Are two and three better than we remember? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think that I am fully on board with that. Could, 
could I have edited two and three together to make one movie? So you had Matrix one and two and just called it a day, probably. Yeah. Would you lose a bunch of like the scenes in both movie two and movie three? Yes. Would that be maybe a big loss? No. The CG fight with Smith and Neo multiple times uh, could have all been edited down to almost nothing. Especially the last fight where it's just Smith and Neo in the destroyed Matrix. Mm. Right? Because the the point that I didn't get when I watched it is, I guess, a kid. I don't... When did that movie even come out? Matrix 3. Uh, I, 3 was probably like 2002 or 2003 or 2004, somewhere in there. I would consider myself a child if I... <laughs> in 2003 i was the in college law, so i mean it wasn't the, that bad the law might not have considered me a child but mentally probably i was still somewhat of a children yeah okay um the whole point is that he had the plan to lose right like there was never a point that he was going to beat smith uh so he had to prove it to you know all these all these things that uh, the, are, are the emotional arc of the story come to fruition with Hugo weaving, losing the fight uh, by, right. by winning the fight. I mean, the, the Jesus, you know, sacrificing himself for others thing, you yeah. know? Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, that part you get when you're older and it does, it doesn't leave it as uh, strange as a person that came from the matrix one thinking well where's the what's the what's the point of all the you know i don't know i actually liked a lot of the zion stuff that i thought was boring in the first time that i watched it in 2003 i think the only parts of the zion stuff that aren't very good are the parts in the third movie with the kid running out and refueling the guy with the guns i actually don't mind that part either you know you know the thing that i don't like only only the very last part of it where he like saves the day by blowing up the bridge or whatever is the part that I liked and kind of all the rest of it. I didn't, uh, the, the worst part of Zion is the general who has no plan at ever, at oh, any yeah, point, dude, totally at any point has no plan and blames everyone else for having a plan. Yeah. He's dumb. You blew up the dock with your EMP. Yeah, but we didn't, we didn't all die. It's like, what? It's like that was our only chance. You've ruined everything. It's like, well, but you didn't, your plan was just to slowly lose and, die yeah. uh-huh. this was a real plan maybe <laughs> uh i thought the acting was better than i remembered too uh i remembered not liking carry on moss that much when i was younger and this time around being like well, she's one of the better actors in all of yeah. this like literally absolutely like way yeah. better than i remembered she's kind of not a big part of the first movie except for like showing up as the love interest kind of halfway through or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she's very good in the second and third ones. I, yeah, I liked her. Yeah. Keanu Reeves obviously, uh, didn't get his due at the time, but should now. I mean, I think these movies were popular at the time, but I agree with you that I think, you know, people were like, Oh, oh these yeah. dumb matrix sequels were bad or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I think they're better than people gave them credit for. Are they like, classic all-time movies like matrix one no but totally watchable and good and as a bonus you have now had a refresher on all the lore and things that are going on uh except for the things that happened in the video games which are still canon i literally pulled up the wikipedia to ask you if you played the matrix online (laughs) nope uh but there are some uh 
articles I can point you to that summarize all the stuff that is canon that happened out of the game or okay. out of the, the thing. So, uh, Matrix. I don't, this is not this is not a spoiler. Morpheus is dead in the fourth movie. Okay. So there, you, there you go. Wonderful. When did that happen? In the Matrix Online. Oh, did it? So okay. Uh huh. Interesting. I wondered why they had a Matrix, uh, a Morpheus-looking character who was not Morpheus. That is actually explained in the movie. So even if you go into watching it without knowing that Morpheus is dead, they they clue you in eventually. I see. Okay. But yeah. Now I'm I'm not spoiling anything because that was known before the movie came out. All right. Matrix one, two, three. Pretty good. I agree. I think. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. I'm very curious what your take on four is. There, I have seen some pretty divided opinions on the internet, so I'm curious to see where you fall. I will begin watching it shortly uh, and be able to report back next Monday. No problems. Although, whew, I have to record separately so we don't ruin it for Michael. I don't know what to do about that. We'll see. All right. Matrix talk over. Uh... Video games. Yeah, we should talk about those for a few minutes. We do play video games sometimes. I, not as much as I'd like. I was going to play Inscription this past week. Uh-huh. Uh, JJ. So I brought my laptop with me and then realized once I got there and opened Steam that um, it's uh, Windows only. Yeah. I can't, can't play it. Yeah, not on a Mac. No. (laughs) Something that did show up over the past weekend while I was gone, though, is this cool little thing. I'm going to share my screen with you, and I'll capture some footy footage for the stream that is cleaner than this. My screen is not very pretty, Uh, but I can make a prettier version if I, like, capture the screen later, but I don't want to. Uh, JJ, look at this thing. This is called Uh the Epilogue Operator. Okay. I got what is called, if you look up the epilogue GB operator. I don't know if you can uh, Google that or on your PC or I'll bring it up for you. Yeah, I'm I'm watching you here. Okay. This is what it looks like. It's a little uh, clear deck that you can fit about in the palm of your hand and you can plug in Game Boy cartridges to it. This looks like specifically Game Boy Advance cartridges. No, it fits regular Game Boy cartridges, etc. Oh, okay, you can see there's the, it, yeah. okay. I see. Got it. Yeah. Um, you can use blank cartridges and put your uh, own games onto them. All sorts of stuff like that. It has it has a lot of weird stuff. I don't have a huge Game Boy collection, but um, so this is a this is a dump. This is a thing that lets you dump your carts. So it, it kind of does. Uh, so it, it has emulation built into it. So if you look at this my screen now, I've got the the thing open. Uh-huh. It's got emulation. This is not an ad. I just got this thing and I wanted to talk about it. Um, you can play the game in the screen. So if I click this launch button, a very loud version of Tetris will start. Um, and you can play it with uh, your keyboard or you you can see down here gamepad. So if I plugged in my Elite 2 right now, uh, I could play it with a controller or my keyboard. Um, and you, it just plays in this window right on the screen. You can make it full screen if you want to or whatever. Uh, and okay. it uses GB something. The, it, it's like a well-known emulator built into it Okay, that they licensed. Cool. Uh, and if you go to this data tab, you can download the game and rip a ROM to your computer. From the cart. 
from right, the cart. What this means. Yeah. Yep. It okay. dumps the cart to your computer. Uh, in other games, you can upload if it's a, not a read-only cartridge. Uh, you can download your save files. And you can upload mm, okay. save files. That's very cool. Yeah. So you can kind of pick apart your, your cart. The cool thing on here, too, is if you buy carts online, it says official cartridge or not. Oh, yeah. So it knows, like, whether it, it has, like, the copy protection and right. all the little, like... It can like... detect fakes. Uh-huh. That's cool. Which, which I thought was cool. I got this because I also bought one of those analog pockets. This is an epilogue, and that's an analog. And I was deciding whether or not I wanted to get some Game Boy carts. And I thought this would be a good addition to that platform. It seems it interesting, seem like but I don't know how useful they're it is. different, right? Wouldn't the analog... I mean, the analog is playing those things on a, a Game Boy-like device, right? Correct, yeah. You yeah. can't do this with that. No, but you can like manage saves and stuff on here and dump ROMs maybe to not carry around your carts for your pocket. Sure, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, if you didn't want to let's say Although, you does the pocket have an SD card uh, yeah it sure does okay so they'll just eventually let you put ROMs <laughs> on the SD card and then you don't need this well yeah I guess you could get them from the internet or whatever but um, I do I have mean, some... look it is cool to be able to take your games and take your ROMs and your save files off of the games that you own yeah and that's cool yeah, I totally support that, and that's what this allows, and that's that's a cool thing to be able to do. I thought it was an interesting piece of tech, and it looks pretty. And uh, I'm sentimental about some things. I'm still working on my collectorship and not being a uh, massive hoarder of things, because it becomes very easy to do. Um, but if some games mean something to me, like I still have, geez, let's look in here. I've got Pokemon Blue in here. I've got all those Final Fantasy Legend games, you know. Uh, there's a collection of those that just came out. Uh, yeah, Saga something. Yeah, it's like, uh, isn't it like? I think it's a, I think it's like collection or, yeah, Final Fantasy or it's something like that. It's like you get the Saga games and then the Final Fantasy Legend games, which are actually Saga. Uh, one, two, oh, no, it's three. Legend of Mana games, oh, and then you also okay. get a Saga. Uh, you get one of the Final Fantasy Legend games, which is also a Mana. Oh no, game. that's Final Fantasy Adventure. You get because that's the first uh, Mana game is Final Fantasy Adventure. Ah, uh, okay. There yeah. you go. Legend is one, two, three. Is Saga one, two, three? That's right. That's right. That collection also exists. Yeah, but I think the Saga collection starts with the actual Saga games, not the Legend games. Yes, because the Legend games are like alsos. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, uh, I just mentioned them because they're sitting out on my desk because <laughs> I wanted to test them with this earlier. That's um, cool. Yeah, so I don't know. I I don't know how useful it is. And that's why it's not an ad or anything. But I just wanted to talk about it, see what you thought about. Like, at this point in life, collecting carts seems like an expensive endeavor. I think I looked up the other day and like... Yeah, it is. They're, it's like 150 bucks if I sold these Final Fantasy Legend carts. Just stock, like, without boxes mm -hmm. or anything, you know? Because, yeah, like... So this is the other thing, right? Like some of these carts were not produced in high quantity. No. And so you may have ones that are somewhat rare. Uh, for instance, I happen to know I own a copy of Suikoden 2 for the PS1. Yeah. Which is a a, a physical disc. Uh, and that game, apparently, there weren't a lot of copies of it made. <laughs> and <laughs> it was worth, like, the last time I checked the price on it, like the physical price, um was also before it was re-released digitally on the PS3. 
Yeah. Um, what are you but do? it was worth like $200 for that disc back then. Mm-hmm. So it's probably worth more now. Um, but I'm not selling it. I love that game. Right. And so that's kind of why I grabbed this because like, well, if I'm not going to sell it, you know, I don't know. I don't. It cost me $50 to buy this thing. And especially considering the price of that analog pocket that I have sitting around. You know, it's not. It's, it's a drop in the bucket, kind of weirdly. Uh, as an accoutrement to that set, I guess. I, yeah. I'm not justifying I, I this. Cool. I don't need to justify buying it. I just thought it was interesting and might be cool to talk about for a minute or two. I, I think the thing that gets me about these um, is that this one in particular, because it's the Game Boy, I'd never cared about the Game Boys, any yeah. of them, really. Yeah. Like, I played I the 3DS and the, and I mean, the I DS more but i just was never the handheld stuff was never for me yeah yeah i could see that i mean i had a game gear too i loved handhelds we were in the car a lot as kids so i think the handheld i played the most was probably the psp that says something about me for sure yeah (laughs) i judge i sit in judgment reasonably yeah (laughs) i I think what that really tells you is i just didn't play any of these handhelds very much (laughs) The PSP wasn't a bad system, but for somebody to say the one I played the most is the PSP is a rough, it's a rough indicator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I you mentioned. Like... Uh, sorry, no, go ahead. I was saying you, uh, you mentioned how rare your Suikoden two copy is, and I ran into something that I found that was rare uh, in my collection, uh, not of video games, although it's going to lead us into a video game in a second. Uh, magic cards, my man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, people really still want those paper ones let me tell you oh yeah oh yeah uh, and especially had, old ones the prices have gone way up i had a foil vertiloth the ancient from uh invasion that thing okay. uh fetched a couple bucks on its own you know so would you say a couple bucks do you mean like more than a couple bucks more than 10 let's say all right it's not bad i mean just on its own it's, it's not bad i didn't i don't have anything crazy like I didn't, I didn't pay off my mortgage or anything with a, a black Lotus. <laughs> sure. Of course you, you know, we weren't, well, I guess we were technically alive during that time, but I don't think any of us were playing magic back then. I don't. Yeah. You'd need what a beta or an alpha one to, yeah. Yeah. To really. Anyway, I found, uh, I, anyway, the, the old stuff is uh, still valuable because there are formats that still get good amounts of play and have like, you know, need for, generally just a lot of random weird cards yeah well i had a pretty deep nostalgia hit when i found i found a treasure trove of old cards and by treasure trove i mean most of it went in the garbage uh and i pulled out the ones that uh card kingdom said they wanted and i sent them in yeah. for them to buy yeah. that's the smart the smart play because <laughs> 99.9 of those are worth no dollars no I got a pretty deep nostalgia hit holding on to those things, though, my man. And, uh, like, I really wanted to, to play Magic right away when I found them. I was like, I just want to go back to the day where I could call somebody be like, let's play some Magic tomorrow. Oh, okay, cool. Bring your cards, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a good day. That's a big thing to remember, remember about nostalgia is not about the item, but about the, the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... For the last few minutes of uh, our podcast today, I would love if we could have a nostalgia moment together where you get me back into magic. I tried Magic Arena when you started it. 
Yeah, the long, long ago. That was over two years ago, probably now. The Magic Arena's been out, right? Oh, probably longer than that. And I fell off of it pretty quickly. Um, but I'm willing to give it another shot. But you got to walk me through this because I am lost in the woods a little bit here. Uh, okay. And I found some new formats and all sorts of stuff. So what I love to do is pull up Arena and people in the podcast. Uh, just FYI, YouTube has visuals nowadays. I record them. So you could go on the YouTube and watch what the heck we're doing. Although we'll try to, uh, we'll try, you know what I mean? We'll try. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hope I turned the volume down enough on this. Uh, if not, we may have to edit it on the fly here. <laughs> I double click this thing. It just must, it doesn't run very well. This magic arena, I have to say. Yeah. Huh? Kind of getting into a theme here. What do you mean? Oh, you know, this game is, uh, there's problems. I see. Oh. Because uh, earlier when I tried to quit the game, uh, it crashed on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, I After spending, you know, like 15 minutes trying to uh, log in and all that sort of stuff, it, uh, yeah, it all crashed on me. Can you see my screen? Yeah. Awesome. So this is where I was left at uh, when I logged in. I ended up with a lot of packs. I don't know what for. Because... Uh, uh, you get like some packs for free when you do stuff. I see. Okay. Uh, they've they've given packs for free out to people over time. Uh, in fact, actually, if you want to, I can go get you a bunch more right now. If oh, you go into the that. store and enter some codes. Oh. Live, huh? I think I don't know how many of these are going to work. So in the redeem code in the top right, you're going to try. Uh, let's start with play M twenty one. Ooh. All right, okay. so a lot of these are probably going to work. Uh, shoot, what's the next set? Uh, let's see. Uh, play Zendikar. C-E-N-D-E-N-D-I. Zendikar or Zendikar? Zen- I think Zendikar. it's Z-E-N-D-I. Yo, hold on, hold on. One second, I'm going to look up something. Well, uh, yeah, that worked. D-I, uh-huh cool so uh yeah okay getting packs is a thing (laughs) i lost him okay play ravnica you don't need all caps uh, I didn't type it right. R A V N I C A. Nope. Ooh, okay. Maybe that, that one has expired. Play Innistrad? No. Uh, play War Spark? Nope. Play M20? Nope. All right. Uh, play play Ikoria. I'm going forward here in time. I K O R I A. Nice. Pry uh, Kaladesh. K A L A 
D E S H, I think. Nice. Play Kaldheim. Oh boy. K A L D H E I M. Okay. Play Strixhaven. S T R I X H A V E N. Cool. Yep. Uh, we're getting all these codes, folks. Uh, we can cut you two at home can enter these codes if you play Magic Reader <laughs> and get free packs. Uh, play D and D. Nice. Play mid. Well, that's a weird one. And, yep, that's uh, Midnight Hunt, and then play Vow. Oh, Vow is the newest one. Vow is the newest one, and that is all of them that are available. All right, well, so we that's like three packs of every set, uh, basically. <laughs> cool. Oh, there's a lot of packs in here. I don't know that we need to open them all now. Uh, it's not no, really probably not. Pack, pack opening stream, but like pack openings are cool. But yeah, uh, this screen seems somewhat familiar to me. You've got your quests at the bottom, uh, rewards, yeah. daily, for daily, daily wins. wins. Fifteen games is a lot. I won't win that many games. You don't get gold for all of them. You only get it for some of them. Okay. Uh, what basically got... like the first three daily wins or four daily wins are more valuable than all the other ones. I see. Uh, the next one is weekly wins. Um, the, those are equally valuable that whole way around. Getting 15 in a week is usually a pretty good deal if you're doing the mastery XP stuff. I see. They've got like some sort of color challenge thing. And... So the color the color challenge thing is like also a tutorial, but you get cards uh, and some money and stuff when you complete it. So if you intend to play, you should do it because okay. it's easy and it's against bots. So uh, Reward track. Yeah, so click on this. This is your battle pass. Oh, they have a battle uh, pass now. That's right. You yep, mentioned and this. the top level is free, and the bottom level is you pay, and then you can also get that stuff. And so this is what you get for leveling up. Basically, you get some packs uh, as you play. I see. And okay. then the mastery stuff, like the little orbs that you see in there, are mm -hmm. basically to unlock certain sets of cosmetics. Oh, I see. Uh, if you want to see cosmetics. what those are, you, right. you, well, the packs are not cosmetics. But and the money card and styles now they change yeah, the way car the cards look. Card styles are all yeah, basically yeah. just cosmetic stuff. Um, I noticed they still have not added a uh, a friends profile thing. I can't. Add uh, they have. They have. Uh, you can. But yes, there there is a friends thing. You can okay. add me as a friend. I'm not going to uh, do it on stream. I'm just uh, no. Okay, I had. But seen it, it, it is there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is new from the last time you played for sure. Uh, there's also a profile if you click on that, the profile tab up at the top. Okay, hold on. Profile at the top, got it. Oh, look, there's my uh, profile. Uh, these are your rankings. Oh, shoot, I forgot that it shows that. <laughs> it's fine, I can uh, blur it. Edit it's that out, yeah. Uh, the avatar is like what your character looks like when you play against other people, so you can select that. You, there's emotes that you can choose now. Yeah. Uh, and there's little pets on the side of the board that you can play with, and those can be selected because there's a whole bunch of different ones of those because cosmetics, right? Right. Right. Okay. So uh, let's get to the point that matters here. So we talked a little bit uh, about uh, last week magic, I think, and like my desire to play commander or something, you know, um, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm lost a little bit other than maybe going in and doing this color challenge. I don't want to play and lose all the time to people that are tryhards like in Hearthstone. So what is the mode for me? I just want to go in and futz around yeah, and play with so cards. So there isn't a mode for you, sadly. Oh. Uh, that is the problem with magic as it exists. Unfortunately, there is no, like, 
fun mode for everyone kind of thing. I see. So uh, that you, you have you figured it out here on your play tab. Mm-hmm. This this little symbol under here is brawl. That is the closest you can get to commander. It looks very the, similar in the symbol to commander. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing is, is that this is still one v one, whereas commander is often a multiplayer game with multiple people playing. I don't mind one v one. Look, you mind in commander. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's what you get in a pro- client that isn't programmed to allow multiplayer. Like they've all but said, we're never doing that. So don't even ask. Oh, um, but the differences here are you have standard and historic and for arena standard is standard. You know, the set of cards that are available in standards are rotating every two years format. Right. Uh-huh. Um, same as it was, you know, in the past. Sure. Uh, similarly. Historic is the arena's version of, like, modern or vintage or legacy, essentially. It's like all the cards they've ever put on arena, basically. Okay. Except it's not all the cards that ever put on arena because they banned some. And blah, you keep blah, saying blah. arena. Do you mean brawl? No. Uh, so uh, I'm talking about arena, the digital client that you are in right oh, now. Oh, uh, okay. Got it. Okay. As opposed to paper. Or uh, online. Or magic online. Okay. Right. So... The closest you can get to Commander is Historic Brawl. However, Historic Brawl also has cards that are legal in it that are not legal in Paper Commander because they exist only in Magic Arena as digital cards. I don't think that matters to me that much. I I probably won't have enough cards to play Historic. Yes, that's going to be the big problem for you. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it, one of, it is one of those things where over time you could build towards a historic deck. And if you p- keep playing long enough, you will eventually acquire historic level power, you know, h- historic power cards in the next five years, basically, <laughs> just by virtue of having played a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you play a card game a long enough time and you like, you know, keep current at it, you eventually just acquire lots of cards and eventually are just really good at old versions of the game. Right. right. Uh, what well, I'd be good at Hearthstone if I went back. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> they, they push the similar to what Magic does. They have pushed the power level in recent sets, and so you know you need new cards as well as old cards. But you would have good decks still because your old cards are still good. Yeah. Similarly, um, you know you probably would want to start with Standard Brawl, even though it is likely less interesting than Historic Brawl overall right. to everyone. But you know it's a place where there's less likely to be. The power level of the cards is lower, right? Right, yeah. So uh, if you're interested, you could try and make you a deck and see what kind of cards you have access to. I was going to ask about that if you wanted to go through and see what we've got going on in the decks tab here. Because a lot of them say they're invalid or they have these little lock symbols. So you have to play the color challenge to unlock those ones. Those are full decks that you'll get access to. They have like three rares in them total or something. But they're not bad. Sure. Uh, so go ahead and hit that big plus symbol on your screen. This is how you create a deck here. And now you'll immediately be like, what the hell are all this? Uh, but it doesn't matter because you're going to go over here and select format. Uh-huh. And you're going to want to find Brawl. Standard Brawl. brawl. E, uh, scroll down more. Yes, that it, just regular Brawl. Yep. So here you go. So I've got all my Ooh, commanders wow, have... I could possibly choose from right here in front of me. Woof. That is not a lot of commanders. <laughs> Uh, you know, take a look at your choices here. Unfortunately, Andrew, your card selection is not huge. No. And the rules about selecting commanders are they have to be either a planeswalker or a legendary creature. Correct. 
Uh, you don't have too many legendary creatures, it turns out. So, uh, you know, do you like red-green or uh, blue-black, I guess? <laughs> it seems like... Um... I think we're going to have uh, a tough see. time filling out a commander deck here, probably. Yeah, well. let's just I'm see what happens here. Maybe let's go with this guy. Okay, sure. Uh, uh, so we went so with Reddit. Phylath, the red, red, green. Uh, Phylath, Phylath, world, the world sculptor. sculptor. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Why not? Okay. Uh, this dude now, does stuff when he enters the battlefield. Yeah, um, yeah. How do we tell how many cards we've got? Can I zoom that out? This is, yeah, there we go. How how do we tell how many cards I've got? I don't have that many. That was only uh, two screens, but it doesn't give me a number anywhere. Yeah, it doesn't give you numbers. Oof, really? That's not how this. That's not how this works. I see. And I assume these little uh, dots are so one ups. Right. Yes. Uh, you can sort it differently. If you go along the top row here, before the gear wheel on the far side, there's one that's like a vertically split screen, very top right of the screen. Yeah. Hit that. So you can now see the cards laid out this way if you prefer that instead. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. I think this Um, is the... You select every card. Why is it shock? Why does it have three different shocks instead of putting them in a pile? This is a great question, Andrew, because those are different printings of shock. Right? This The first shock here is... Yeah, they are really stupid about this, and this is absolutely one of the dumbest possible things that they do in this in this version of magic. This shock and the other two shocks are all equivalent to each other because they're shock and they're the same card. And for like legality and paper, they would all be the same thing. But because that little set set thing is different ah, now this one's 19 and the next one's 20. And that one's the arena set. Therefore three copies of shock. It's unbelievably dumb. Wow. Okay. Well, this guy uh, improves plants which he makes when he enters the battlefield. So you don't have to do a ton else to get him to, to do that. Okay. Uh, you would in ideally to make, uh, take advantage of him. You'd want to add a bunch of landfall cards, like cards that trigger when you add so lands on that, the battlefield. Right? You totally can. And you're not going to have any. I have none. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can trust me that there are a lot of them. I believe you. Uh, but let's see if we can even get to 60 cards here. <laughs> well, we got to put land in, so that'll help. Yes. How much land do we put in and how do we do that? So in Brawl, it is a 60-card deck. Yep, that's your little symbol for land. Go ahead and click on that. Uh, these are all these are all different art treatments of land. Nice. Uh, pick your favorite, man. Uh, for a 60-card deck, you want to have like 23 or 24 lands probably. Okay, so 12 and 12. Uh, I guess depending on how we split the colors, right? Uh, there are lots of cosmetics for lands, let me tell you. Can you do like one so of every many. single one? <laughs> you, to- you totally can do that. Oh it my will gosh. Make- it will make sorting this deck into a nightmare. Please don't. <laughs> I will do it right now. Okay. So then you just keep going until yep. you hit like 10 and 10 for now. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Then you turn off the lands. I see. Yes. All right. Uh, if you click the little sets of bars next to it, you can kind of see the sorting options that you'll have uh, next to the land button on the left next to the search bar. Oh, so like here's a lot of filters, right? If you want to see, oh, here, are, like you can click not collected and see all the cards sure. you don't have. 
Yeah, and yeah. you know, I only want to get artifacts, or I only want commanders, or I only want instants or sorceries and stuff like sure, that. Sure. Those are like some really useful filters as you're trying to build up a deck. Mm-hmm. I think for you, we don't need to worry about any of that. Let's just... just add one copy of every card you have, and, <laughs> and see if it will even fill out a deck. Because it won't let you add ones that are uh, multiples to the same card. So. Okay, I think we'll be able to get to we'll be able to get to 60. We'll definitely have to cut some of these higher cost ones probably and maybe some of these middle cost ones. You don't need random like three cost cards that make goblins or whatever that suck. Okay, we all ended right. up with 65 cards. <laughs> and that includes all the lands, including 20 lands. Yeah. We could uh, up the lands. I guess we should we should up the lands probably to you probably add you know two more of each. Okay, so that oh, actually uh, and then subtra- subtract one red land because Shatter Soul Smashing is a land also. How do you how do you uh, subtract? Just click on it normally. Oh, yep, there you go. Shatter Skull Smashing. Oh, this is a land and a sorcery. Cool. Ooh. Cool. All right, so it looks like. Let's remove some of these other cards that are not. Do they so go in cost game. order? Is that how they organize? Yes, it's by um, converted mana cost going yeah. down. So we want to end get rid of some of this high end stuff here. So probably. the thing about commander is that commander games go quite a bit longer than regular games because mm-hmm. everyone only gets one copy of each card in the deck. Right, and so it's really hard to create a lot of like really early like you know aggro rush type deck. It's still totally possible, of course, but there are definitely, it's slower, right? So I recommend like cutting a couple of these high ones and then some middle ones probably. Okay. Because you still want to have like good big cards when you get to the end and you have like eight lands and you have nothing to do. Right. You want to have a a chance to draw something that is actually good. Sure, sure. That makes sense. So. Um, uh, I'm this man. All these big ones seem, seem all right. Let's cut epic proportions, I think. Let me look at that one. This is a 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, that's not so hot. And that inescapable blaze is probably not that hot either. Can't uh-huh. be countered. Yeah, but look, man, <laughs> if people are countering you, you can just say thanks. <laughs> uh, then let's grab a few ones that just look like bad, co- like bad spells or bad creatures. Okay. If you read something and think like, this seems bad then we should probably take it out. I don't know. I, I don't want to spend a ton of... Like a 4-4 yeah. four, 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 four for 4. No Not the greatest no. use yeah. of your mana there. Uh, that At least it does something. It doesn't seem very good, though. Seem good, yeah. Let's what about say these red ones? we should pull out some red cards, probably. Uh, Wow, that seems all right. Yeah, okay. Whenever you have a decent amount of like, you have a decent amount of like goblins in here. That would actually probably be the beginnings of a decent goblin deck if we had more of them. Yeah. Um. This seems bad. This molten ravager. Yeah, it's a zero four for three. That's not very good. All right. Um. That seems all right. Uh. Hey, that's like a land. We can take a land out. No. No. Also, it costs two. Two two for two. Four four for two. Yeah, that's a. That's really good. Keep that. 
plump. That's really true. bad. Okay. It only targets flying. That's not hot, right? You want to be able to kill anything. Right, sure. See, so this is a 2-2 with Vigilance versus a 2-2. So yeah, so that 2-2 can go. Totally. Um, target creature gets 3-0 and gains first strike. It seems good. Let's put 1-1 one, one on a target creature and untap it. Seems all right. Yeah, not the worst. We just got to get rid of one card, right? Uh, yeah. 1-1 one, one with haste seems wasteful. Yeah, you're not going to do a lot with that, probably. Okay, that's 60 cards. All right. Cool, so now so I have we... a deck that I could go in and try brawl yeah. with. and they will definitely do the thing where, like, the first several matches you play against will be against Bots. other new players who also have bad cards. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, like, certainly, I, I do actually recommend you play the color challenge stuff because you will unlock these other decks that are locked on this screen here. Sure. And those are cards that you just get and can keep and then you know what those might help improve this deck (laughs) all right so the first thing i should do is open these packs and then the the next thing i should do is go back to this home screen and do this color challenge and uh then go in and play some games in in brawl or another another format you think uh i I mean at this point i recommend you stick to one format and don't try it Uh, i will say i think a lot of your quests um do require winning Oh. Okay. Uh, you know, all the like gold and experience and stuff that you get, mo- a lot of your, um, like your daily quests for like the 750 and the 500 gold, those types of quests mm-hmm. don't usually require winning. Yeah. But those other ones are a significant source of income. You know, every day you can get 15 wins and you get some money for each of those wins. Like that's a significant amount of money over time. And if you're okay. trying to do the free to play thing in this game, you want to be acquiring that money because. When new sets come out, you know, <laughs> cards, 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 packs, packs are a thousand gold each. You know? Oh, ouch. Yeah. Ouch. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for today. I'll play some games. I'll let you know how it goes next time. Uh, maybe I'll play inscription back. though. Yeah. If you want to play a card game? Let's talk about inscription. I will definitely play inscription for next week. Cause Michael will be back and that'll be our main discussion for next week. I believe as well as, uh, uh, maybe a few little uh, Easter eggs for you. <laughs> Ooh, I like where that goes. <laughs> okay. Well, in the meantime, if uh, people want to talk about inscription before next week, they want to send in their their comments, or they want to uh, talk about magic, or what else we talk about, or the epilogue operator, if they have any thoughts on that, or <laughs> the Matrix movies. No spoilers for episode four. Uh, you can send all that to podcast at wewergamers.com and we will happily listen. Also, I mean, you know, there's still your time to get in on the egg rule, uh, you know, if you want to. Yes. Uh, food rules. All... Current current food rules proposed. No food for the gram. Don't imposter. We need a uh, comment. We're in the public comment portion. Right. And, you know, we're willing to, you know, take, uh, you know, this is the public comment period. If you public does not comment, they become hard and fast rules. So uh, get on your information for that uh, if you have any, and uh, you can send that again to podcast at wewergamers.com. If you want to see Andrew and I futz around in magic here a little bit, as well as uh, take a look at some of that cool uh, epilogue, what, epilogue operator, did I say Yeah, right? mm-hmm. I've got, I've got uh, footy of that. I'm going to record a bunch, but I just can't right now because it's so loud and I can't turn it down. 
Well, you can go ahead and see that on our YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, search for We Were Gamers, all one word. Follow us on there and watch that video. It'd be pretty cool. Hit that bell to get notified when the new stuff comes out. Yep, yep. Uh, and follow this podcast on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Leave us uh, rating and reviews. That stuff does help. We'll, uh, we will inscribe our opinions next week. Man, speaking of computer stuff, uh, you know something very strangely satisfying to me? I don't know if this will make the podcast or whatever, but just something I wanted to mention. Okay. Do, does your computer make a noise when you turn it on? Uh, so my old one it used to like beep a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This one is pretty silent. So that's the thing that has changed on this one, right? It is now silent when I turn it on. But mm-hmm. the the power button, not the switch in the back, but the actual turn it on button on the top of the computer mm-hmm. uh, makes a very satisfying click clack when you turn it on, like a very physical oh, button. Nice. Yeah. Mine is I, definitely a makes a feeling, but it's not like a, it is, it's not loud. It just is like a, it, it feels like you have definitely pressed a button here. Yeah. But it's not a, doesn't make a nice noise. The last two computers I had, it barely felt like the button was pushed at all. And this one makes it like a depression, a click clack. And then underneath it, I didn't notice because I sit looking at the computer from the front where the window is. But on, on the, I guess that's the side technically, the front being the slim part whatever uh the intake area (laughs) uh has like a little led light in there that turns on with it as well which matches the leds on my computer which is cool oh yeah that's nice yeah yeah there's little details i didn't even notice about the computer but um okay so i figure we'll talk about some stuff